CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour. I'm still your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. Today I'm joined by James Orler, the NBA fan himself, NBA super fan, and Matt, who is the Lakers fan that I know, who also made the summer league with us. How's it going, James? It's going pretty well. How about yourself, Calvin? Doing good. I don't know. I mean, we've, we're still in Vegas. We're still watching summer league basketball. Uh, now we just got it on the television while we record the podcast. Matt, what did uh, what, what did what do you think about the Lakers game today against the Clippers in the summer league? Honestly, not too exciting. Can't can't be pleased with the effort, but against a, a crosstown rival in the Clippers. But at the end of the day, it's just summer league. It's, it's guys trying to find jobs. At the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do. Well, well, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess the Thunder, on the other hand, did not look really good at all today, but they've got a lot of other stuff going on on their plate right now besides just Summer League. This is The Thunder never have a good Summer League like team, I want to say, or really anything to show at Summer League just because, I mean, it's always been the guys on the actual starting five are the difference makers since like pretty much day one in Oklahoma City. They haven't had like anyone in Summer League where I've been like, oh my gosh, want to see how he plays. Um, you know, like I'll walk around and see the posters in the building and stuff like that. And it doesn't show, you know, like Russell Westbrook and the year he played or James Harden the year he played or even Paul George or Kevin Durant or whoever. I mean, I know sure like Hamadou Diallo will play some minutes this season, of course, and I'll get to that in a second. But NBA Summer League, like it, it's it's awesome going as a Thunder fan because it's, of course, like the... the or like the closest distance traveled wise um, to see the Thunder play besides LA. So that's awesome, you know, but then again, it's, it's like, it's summer league. It's kind of part of the festivities seeing like other media entities like ESPN, NBA TV, the ringer and their podcast network and stuff. And then also just kind of being a part of the, like a part of the mix, like, like who, who was the biggest name person that you, that you saw James? Like, like that you were like, oh my, like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna take a photo, you know? Yeah, that that's a good question. I think, uh, I mean, the easy answer would would be LeBron. Uh, just when he he walked out, you could see everybody in the in the whole arena, the whole Thomas and Mack Center, uh, kind of get on their phone and, and make sure they can get like a video of him just walking into an arena and. Uh, it's kind of cool like when, when you get to see how big like these people really are in person. And so I would say LeBron and Anthony Davis, when they walked out, I was like, oh, I definitely got to get a picture of them. What, what like, um, I mean, was anything about that weird to you at all? That they just were hanging out courtside and the trade hadn't even finalized on Friday night? Or is this kind of, it's just kind of part of it? Yeah, I think it's all just, just part of it. I mean, it, it was essentially just like a formality that they had to move the trade to the sixth and they were waiting on all this Kawhi stuff. And so I think everybody knew Anthony Davis was going to be a Laker. Like if he didn't, then you uh, probably been living under a rock for the last uh, few weeks or so. But uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't find it too weird. Like they're, they're buddies off the court, like, and, and they're soon to be teammates. And so I, I didn't think too much of it. Yeah, Matt, I mean, are, do you have kind of the same reaction? Because, I mean, Laker, Lakers fandom for life? 
Personally, for me, I was more excited to see Zion and RJ. I think that was the matchup that's been brewing ever since the summer league schedule got released. And just to see Zion and RJ in person, particularly Zion, just being coming from like a Duke fan perspective, it's just seeing him in person, it just just doesn't look like a basketball player, but he makes it work, and he's just a bully and a beast and a just a total animal out there on the court. So. I think when even in early game warm-ups, people were taking out their phones watching a dunk contest as he just warms up for layup lines. and That's pretty pretty cool to see because you don't see that every day. And so I think as the season draws closer, hopefully he's all right with a little knee bruise. But I think that was my main outcome for coming to Summer League was trying to see how Zion would look on an NBA court and see if his shot would translate. And RJ, I mean, RJ had a rough game, but at the end of the day, RJ Barrett's going to put up points and numbers that very few players, I think, can do because he's just a good all-around basketball player. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I mean, I agree. I think RJ, RJ will get a lot of playing time this year for sure. Like the Knicks miss and whiff completely on free agency i mean their biggest the biggest name star i think they got in free agency is julius randall am i safe in saying that yeah no i, I think you nailed it yeah so i mean like rj's gonna clearly play a lot of minutes and we'll see how good he is or how not good he is he said everything right so far you know in the media and everything but i i just don't know i mean i didn't get like the oh my gosh this guy's gonna take over the league he he just he it's almost like he is a guard size, but he plays like a forward. It's like a little, it's a little odd. Like he plays like a small forward, but he's like closer to a shooting guard and like size wise. He's not like that. Like he's, I think he's still like six eight, six nine. Yeah, he's a big guy. But he's not like the frame, you know. Like he's, he's still got like he's in the high school kind of body, you know. Yeah, and I totally agree. I think RJ, uh, he, like I don't know how to describe it. I guess everybody has like this, this like perfect, or I guess idea of what a basketball player and. There's so much potential with RJ because he is big. He can't like he can dribble the ball. Like he can create his own shot, and so like the potential's there. Uh, I mean, I know that he's 19 years old or 18 years old, which is kind of just crazy to say. And so uh, like there, there's plenty of time for him to figure it out. But like I definitely can, I have some concerns with just like his quickness, or we'll, we'll see kind of how New York uses them if he's really going to be that go-to guy or like that the alpha male in that new market because it seems like Julius Randle or all these other guys that they're trying to bring in might kind of like damper uh, uh, the exposure he gets or, or they might not just run th- run everything through him, um, which like may stun his development. But like, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm kind of excited just to see how it goes and kind of hit off of Matt's point. Yeah. Just kind of seeing Zion uh, yeah. play live. Like that was a, uh, it's cool. Like, I don't know. It, I don't even know how to evaluate him or like what to expect in his career, but just watching the game and you see a lot of the things that he does that impact a game. Um, and so like, I'm really just excited to see where he goes this year. Like just kind of like the absurd plays. Cause everybody knows about the dunking and the athleticism. Right. right. Uh, but like, he just does a lot of things like off the ball or like defensively. Like, I think I think they called it a goaltending yesterday. But mm-hmm. He legitimately came out of absolutely nowhere uh, and, and like swatted a shot like four rows uh, past the court or courtside seats. And so, and I'm just I'm really excited just to see him. Or it's cool to see him in person. See all the see what all the hype was about. I mean, that's that's definitely like 
I think at the end of the day, like, while all three of us were just hyped to come to Summer League. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it was, like, there's a bunch of other stuff going on, you know, a bunch of other stuff that's possible or whatever, but it was, all right, let's see Zion play. Let's mm-hmm. see, let's see Zion versus RJ, but look, really, like, let's, let's see Zion play. And, I mean, he, he had the bone, you know, the knee bruises Matt just mentioned, but, so he's not playing the rest of Summer League. He only played, I think, 10 or 11 minutes total of game time <laughs> yeah, in Summer League period. That's disappointing. <laughs> which, which is, yeah, disappointing. But, like, he has he has plenty of highlights. Like, there's a highlight of him just ripping the ball out of Kevin Knox's hand, throwing him to the floor like a rag doll, and then just dunking it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, that just doesn't happen. And I'm curious to see how Zion, Zion would have looked. Because Zion's not going to play in Summer League next year. You know, like, no, he's not. This is the only chance he would have to play in Summer League. He's not going to play G League ball ever, um, unless there's some Anthony Bent scenario that we later find out about, but I don't see that happening. And so this was like the one chance to like see him go up against guys who are his own age, but just dominate them, and, you know, just freakishly dominate them. And we necessarily won't see it, which I kind of feel bad we missed out on. But then again, like I wouldn't like those 11 minutes last night I've seen him play. It seems crazy, but that was pretty much... That scene, AD, LeBron, Pat Beverly, Rondo, and like several thousand other NBA <laughs> players. But I mean, seeing Zion play like in person, that'll always stick with me. Seeing the hype around him, seeing everyone be like, oh my gosh, you know, and just doing it all. And after he made like a warm up dunk or whatever, and seeing, seeing, seeing the whole arena go crazy when he spikes, spikes the ball into the fourth row of fans. Like, <laughs> I don't, especially when it's, when it's an arena full of, Fans who are like a little bit Knicks, a little bit li- like a lot Lakers, I should say. A little bit Knicks, a lot Lakers, it seems. Some Clippers, I guess. But the Clippers really came out in full force today after the Paul George trade. So it was just it was just interesting to see like an arena that was just... Uh, we're all hyped to see this one dude. We all care about seeing this one dude and how he plays. So Yeah, and that was one of the cool, I guess, parts about the atmosphere at least at the game, um, is essentially like, it's all just basketball fans. I got, I know that there are the Knicks fans and the Lakers fans, as you kind of mentioned, but I think we, all of us had that the same, uh, I guess goal or we all wanted to see the same thing. And it was funny when, whenever, uh, like the, the Pelicans would bring up the ball they would just be like, get the ball to Zion. Like you would hear multiple people saying that throughout the crowd. And so, uh, I mean, it, it feels like we kind of got, a little bit robbed, but obviously, like you can't foresee like an injury, right? Right. At all, but uh, Zion definitely gave us like plenty of highlights for playing eleven minutes of basketball. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, there was like a full on "We want Zion" chant yeah. going mm-hmm. on in the arena because people didn't know either the people who started the chant didn't weren't checking Twitter as frequently as we were after we saw him not play the second quarter at all mm-hmm. and kind of wonder what the heck was going on. But like in the third quarter, there was a "We want Zion" chant just going on loud, mm-hmm. and it was like, "Oh, wait a second, he might be injured." So then it kind of leveled out. But the weirdest part about the whole game was is at the very, very end, we left because the players left in the third quarter, mm-hmm. right? I think there were like two minutes left in the third quarter or something. Yeah, right. I think minute. we were in the. It was in the fourth. It was in the it fourth. Was like seven or eight minutes left in the fourth. Yeah. But okay. Yeah that that uh that earthquake was. Dude. Uh, I, it was it was just so odd, like because I didn't even feel it at first. I mean, I've 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 been in like I felt a, I I've re, I can remember feeling a couple earthquakes. I guess mm-hmm. what I should say because I'm I'm sure there's an earthquake going on right now. It's a 1.0 somewhere random that I'm theoretically in. But mm-hmm. like 
I remember like the feeling of earthquakes. It's usually like when I'm in my own house and I'm just chilling out and it's like early in the morning. So it's kind of like I'm like half awake anyways or whatever. But that one fully awake watching basketball and all of a sudden you kind of looks like a guy to my left who mentioned it. And I was like, yeah, something's not right. And then everything starts swaying. Of course, we're sitting on like, you know, like NBA arena type of seating, mm-hmm. but it's like platform stuff that's built up because this is UNLV. So it's not, it's not super stable is what I'm getting at. Like you can definitely go underneath where we're at. It's not like built into the ground and it was just kind of moving around Jocelyn. And then we saw like the scoreboard and mm-hmm. just everything was moving around. So it was, it was crazy. Yeah. And then like, I feel like a bunch of people just like uh, panicked as I yeah. kind of like did in my own head as well. And like, immediately start running up the up the stairs uh to get out of the arena and so it's just a really weird uh weird feeling uh, in the in the arena after that it's probably just best to to cancel the game or whatever for the safety of the players i know that everything ended up fine and when it's scheduled today but uh yeah that was just like one of the more odd things that i can say i've been, I've been a part of i guess is the best way to put it <laughs> i mean just just absolutely like bizarre i mean to have and to have, I mean, I'm going to call them NBA games because it's NBA Summer League, even though it still isn't an actual, like, actual game. Because, I mean, the like the bottom half of the arena is only part that was completely full for that Zion-RJ matchup. Like, the rest mm-hmm. of it wasn't. So, I mean, the, the top was, like, not at all. So, I, I guess it just seemed odd. It just was super odd to have, like, a game completely just... Yep, suspended, canceled, whatever. I know it's an exhi- I know it's basically an exhibition. Like none of this counts in actual stuff, but but yeah, it's it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So now I have to talk about sadly the part that I don't want to talk about on the podcast, but I still I know there's some Thunder fans out there who either want my opinion or can kind of be with me during my grieving process about losing Paul George. So like last night we're walking around, James, you were just like. Hey, check your phone, check your phone. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And I checked it. I went to went to Woj's Twitter and all of a sudden Paul George traded the Clippers. And I was like, what? Kawhi Leonard signed the Clippers. What? And just back to back was like, wait a second. And we're like walking around Caesar's Palace. So like I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And there's a couple people I know who like I mean are, are like really saw people who know how much I love the Thunder. And they were texting me and they're like Hey, did you see what happened? Like, you should, you might still be awake because you're on Pacific time kind of thing. And I was like, dude, what the heck? Like, mm-hmm. every single Thunder fan woke up this morning, I guarantee you, just pissed. Like, y- you would have gotten those notifications at 1 a.m. in Oklahoma. And I know it's a Friday night, so probably there are still quite a few people still up on Fourth of July weekend. But who knows? Some normal people might be in bed if they yeah. have work Saturday or whatever. And just to wake up, read that. The, the couple things that stand out to me is is one, and I just want to make sure I say this before I start asking you guys like what your opinions would be as outsiders, is one, Paul George is not a snake. This isn't the KD leaving. This isn't a mm-hmm. Paul George left the team that beat us in unrestricted free agency and we didn't get anything back. Like We got what could be the biggest free agency. This, this trade has the ability to right now look horrible but in six years, look absolutely disgusting for the Clippers if things don't turn out well for them. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like these are draft picks. These are, we don't know who the assets are. And if this turns into a Celtics net scenario, 
then I, I well, one, the Celtics still haven't won a title after all that stuff, and Jason Tatum was their last draft pick of that, so mm-hmm. hats off to the Celtics. That trade actually wasn't that bad, but then again, like if this if this ends up being a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard to the Western Conference Finals and win a championship when we couldn't do it with Russ, then y'all be sad. But this is a this is a different scenario. Like five first round draft picks, arguably the best point guard out of last year's draft. Am I okay in saying that a little bit? I'm having trouble kind of recalling the the point. I mean, we got like Trey Young might be might be better. Yeah, I probably, probably would. Yeah, so so you can go Trey Young over that, but defensively Trey Young's. Yeah, yeah, that's you know. Good. So that's so maybe I maybe I can say this. I can have a qualifier. The best all around point guard in last year's draft. Yeah. I mean, he still was a he still was a tenth overall pick last year. Mm-hmm. So Shake Gilgeous Alexander might get some more playing time. Might be traded. Who who knows what Sam Presti's thinking about doing? But Paul George at least did this privately enough where the Thunder were able to go get guys for him and were able to maximize off this opportunity as instead of Paul George coming out publicly like Anthony Davis did and saying, hey, I want to do this and I'm not playing and then sitting out like the end of a season or the start of a season or whatever. Like this, this isn't the Anthony Davis trade that Paul George held. Like Paul George didn't hold out. Yeah, he didn't go, hey, it's this or bust, that's it. And, yeah, the Clippers, I think, overpaid for just Paul George because Paul George was injured last season. He had torn mm-hmm. rotator cuffs, and he had to get recovered. But then again, like, the the other part of it is that the Clippers knew, okay, if we give you all these guys and Gallinari to match contracts and then SGA to basically throw in another incentive, and then, you know, we do this trade, like, we're going to get Kawhi. So, because Kawhi was recruiting Paul George from what it seems like. So... I don't know. That's just kind of my brief two, three minute rant that mm-hmm. Paul George's not a snake and he's come out like on Instagram, Twitter, all the social medias. He hasn't said it publicly like face to face to anyone, mm-hmm. like recorded, but he has said it that, hey, I'm not going to stand up for any, you know, no Russell Westbrook slander. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a huge Russ supporter whatsoever. Maybe in the future we've proven that like Paul George's baby mama said, Hey, I'll break up with you unless you go back to LA. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I've lived in Oklahoma for 24 years, like, er, well, minus six because California for a little bit. But, anyways, like, I lived in Oklahoma for most of my entire life. And I will say, like, it's an awesome place, but I mainly am like looking forward to going back every time to be with friends and family and or like to see an Oklahoma State football game mm-hmm. or three or basketball games or whatever. Like, it's more of like a, I'm going to go see things that I'm familiar with and whatever. I'm not, I'm not going, oh my gosh, you know what? I cannot wait to go to Oklahoma to see, I'm, you know, like the, like there's not the ocean, you know, I'm not breaking news here. You know, yeah. it's windy. There's some earthquakes and tornadoes, but like, that's where all my friends and family are. It's where my like littlest brothers are. Shout out to Luke and all of them, like, I'm going to go back for that reason. So if Paul George is like, hey, you know what? I did this for a year. I ended up hurting myself, and while I'm still young, and after the second major injury, I will not, I mean, I don't know if this is a major injury because rotator cuff, but after the second, like, injury Paul George has, he goes, hey, you know what? I had the leg thing. You know what? Now I've had this rotator cuff thing. I just want to play with a guy who's going to make my life extremely easy, and I have to play with Westbrook, whereas... I might just be able to be second fiddle to Kawhi and take a night off or two. Whereas Paul George, I think, learned easily, like, the Thunder get everyone else's best. Because Russell Westbrook just plays 110% of his school times. Everyone else has to match that. 
If you don't, the Thunder beat you. Mm-hmm. That's the whole 20, 20, I think, 17 season for the Thunder. So they got to the sixth seed. So they just, you know, they just outplayed guys. But yeah, they, that's that's my thing, at least. It's like Paul George privately crushed the trade and Thunder were able to get stuff back for him. And that in the moment, yeah, we're not back in playoff contention. There's some other stuff that's iffy. I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen with Russ. Want your guys' opinion on that as well, but it's better than him just leaving or publicly demand the trade where you're able to get where you're only able to get pennies on the dollar because you because yeah. we are a small market franchise and then we're also we weren't the Pelicans we didn't have the number one overall pick this year yeah. either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I had a, a few I, I, a few takeaways from just that whole thing. Like I I know yesterday when I read the the Woj bomb, like I was just shocked <laughs> I, I had no clue like first of all like i don't know how that doesn't get leaked at all like i think that's just very impressive based off everybody that, that was involved uh, for him to request a trade um and it didn't get leaked like meanwhile like you had that whole uh like scandal in houston where it was like chris paul supposedly like wanted out and wanted to be traded and not didn't want to play with harden and and now it's like, oh, well, that, that didn't happen or like you don't know what to believe. Right. I have no idea. And so, uh, I mean, the Thunder handled that extremely well. The other thing is like, are the Clippers, like, like their front office, are they just like light years ahead? Um, because in all these other like situa- or situations, I know there's so many free agents out there uh, that were kind of like waiting on Kawhi's decision. But in order to attract him to eventually get them to sign a contract with the Clippers, they had to pull off this trade as well, or they had it lined up. So like, hey, like if you agree, like they probably went to Kawhi. They in their pitch, they're probably like, hey, we've talked with the Thunder. We will acquire. Uh, you want a second star? We're going. We're going to acquire Paul George. Um, if you come to us, like that had to have been part of the pitch. And so this is ideally, or this has probably been on the table for, we'll say a week or so. Um, and I just think like have that many moving parts and not to have, and to have it not leaked in LA, like where everybody is a source, like apparently like, uh, it's just I- extremely impressive. And now they got to get like a good, like you have two superstars as well as like, if you look at their bench or just like all their supporting role players, like. They're, they're kind of stacked. Like that's the difference between right now, hypothetically, like the Lakers and the Clippers is like the Lakers. Like I like the tandem of LeBron and AD more. Like I think there's more talent, but now they're taking all these veteran minimum guys like to fill out the roster. Whereas the Clippers still have Patrick Beverly. They still have like Landry Shamet. Like uh, Zubak has, has shown that he can be like uh, a productive. If he can be a guy. Montrezl Harrell. Yeah. Um, like Lou Williams, like they they have a squad, like they they have some very good role players, um, and so, like I mean I I love I love the trade, I I think it kind of works out well. I'm kind of curious to see where the Thunder go. Like I I just wouldn't yeah. Like now that the league is completely up for grabs, uh, and they just decide to like sell, um, it was kind of odd to me because. You get into a, a seven-game series and you don't really know what's going to happen, especially like maybe Paul George heats up or maybe like Russell Westbrook finds a shot for set or for seven games or something like that. Like uh, you kind of just bet on talent at that point. Um, so I, it was very hard for them to sell, in my in my opinion. But 
like I know that the, the league next year should be uh, like extremely competitive, and I'm really excited just to see how Paul George and Kawhi work together. Yeah, I'm. Um, I don't. Know, I guess I'm more. I'm more annoyed than anything about mm-hmm. like the timing of this trade. I, I wanted, I just wanted one more season, you know, like I understand that the Clippers were going to, only going to do this trade now. So they get Kawhi, like they weren't going to do this later on. And they were really worried about the Lakers. Apparently from everything I've read, actually getting Kawhi if they didn't do the Paul George trade, but I'm just more annoyed that like clearly Paul George at some point hurt his rotator cuff and tore it and Stop shooting good whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then the Thunder immediately went off a cliff. Horrible. And almost missed for a second or two. Almost missed the playoffs. And then we're back in the playoffs. And then lost in five games to the Trailblazers, who I think got swept or, yeah, oh, no, we figured that out the other day. They, they beat the, they only beat the Warriors one game. So, like, yeah. uh, I just, um, I'm just I'm just annoyed that we didn't have, like, a healthy Paul George for a whole season and just see, actually see what it looked like. You know, like, this is kind of. Kind of rough. So I'll give my two little cents on Mr. Kawhi Leonard number two as Skip Bayless refers to him. Um, so the whole thing I think started. So the whole secrecy thing I think y'all been discussing. It started with Kawhi wanting to keep it with, with him in his camp, which I totally respect. I mean, who wants? He's always been a quiet kind of guy. But at the end of the day, um. I think Kawhi just wanted to find a second star to play in L.A. And albeit, whether it was the Lakers or the Clippers, I just don't think he really enjoyed his time. I mean, he enjoyed playing with the Raptors, but I don't think he really enjoyed the environment with the high tax that's in Canada as well as the environment, whether it's in the winter, how cold it is. And he's a SoCal. He wanted to go back for the lifestyle. But when we think about what Kawhi did being a quiet kind of person i think it revolves around him more so as being a recruiter so let me backtrack a little i'm gonna go piggyback off something james said where he said how the clippers would could include a second star in their pitch to Kawhi, and i don't think the clippers even knew about paul george in fact what i've heard is Kawhi is the one who brought up paul george to the clippers about his interest in wanting to possibly play with him in LA since Paul George has been a Clippers fan his whole life and then he was a Kobe fan and then Kawhi just wanted to play in LA um he didn't mind joining LeBron and AD honestly he didn't think of it as a third wheel he just wanted to win but at the end of the day he is his own man as everyone says and if he's his own man he wants to make a team that's not already established as LeBron's Lakers would be his own team. So I think that's kind of led him to find, try to pull his weight in being a two-time NBA Finals MVP. He wanted to pull his weight and try to find a second star that would join him. He tried Jimmy Butler. He tried Kevin Durant and found Paul George at the right time where I think OKC was looking to rebuild. I mean, they've had, I mean, they've been in the playoffs for as long as I can remember. But they haven't gotten past conference semifinals. Or, I mean, they've been in the finals once, and they just haven't gotten to the NBA finals that they've been striving for with the Russ and Paul George duo that they thought would be. They've been looking for a third star in there. Okay, see, but that's a different topic. So just going back to Kawhi, I think 
him as a recruiter just pulling his weight a little and the Clippers knowing that they could spend the money to acquire a second star just it was a it was a perfect fit I mean as a Laker fan you always like you always hate seeing your rival get better but at the end of the day it makes the NBA better so you have to accept what the outcome is and just hope that your team can rebound and I I'll just go a little about the Lakers a little my my sense of that and getting I think the biggest piece was getting boogie for a vet min or a 3.5 mil I mean that's just from a guy that was playing at all-star caliber level starting center two years ago to now making 5.4 million last year and now 3.5 million this year it's it's been a big turnaround I mean suspected torn quad muscle in playoffs and recovering off a Achilles injury those are always tough but if anyone can do it I bet DeMarcus Cousins can and if he has a show out year this year don't be surprised the Lakers pay him the money that he deserves along with pairing him with AD that could be a deadly front court for many years to come so like Boogie tore his Achilles and you know he tore his Achilles and that was an Achilles injury and we've seen some guys it takes like a year to come back some guys it takes two but with DeMarcus Cousins, the one thing that I know for sure is that he just didn't play a lot with the Warriors. He was coming back from an injury, and then he had another quad injury, as we talked about. And at the end of the day, like, it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from that quad injury, you know, and the Achilles injury put together. When Boogie, he's probably kind of on the downside of his career, I would say. But then again, as you said, like two years ago, he's the all-star guy. Paul George actually got into the All-Star game that year because DeMarcus Cousins was out um, to bring it all full circle here. So, I, I if DeMarcus Cousins can come back and be completely healthy, Boogie DeMarcus Cousins, same guy, but if they, he can come back and complete, complete, be completely healthy and also play a lot, like, he just didn't play a lot for the Warriors at all. He didn't really, at least in my mind, fit in their offensive scheme of shooting around the ball and having really good ball movement like Boogie just you got to pass the guy down low let him work and then get a bucket and then let him kind of facilitate as well use some screen and rolls but the Warriors like have had their same offense for six years I mean it seems like Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr's offenses are pretty a little bit differently because that Steve Kerr's is a little is better but then again like it, it's hard to tell how good DeMarcus Cousins is last year that's kind of what I'm getting to it's like yeah. I don't I don't know if he was really good and we just didn't see it and then he got injured again or if he was okay and then he got injured again or if it was kind of like a mixture of he was a little bit out of shape, he also was coming back from the injury and he had to fit their offensive schemes and then this year it just is I mean what if it what if it's all star level boogie again or even if it's just a quality guy who's able to do more stuff than other quality guys, you know, like he's just your dude off the bench I mean how do you think a Lakers lineup looks right now with LeBron AD Boogie and you know whoever else so I really think I mean you hit it right on the money I think why DeMarcus didn't work in the Warriors was the scheme I mean you're bringing a guy that's built to be in the paint this guy's made his money just backing people down and being a bully and he's six foot ten six foot eleven and he's he's just a beast down down on the paint on the block but uh, the Warriors they play a five out offense they want to move the ball and they want to sp- spread it around their shooters and then it comes ISO with Kevin Durant or ISO with um, Steph Curry or it becomes pick and roll with Steph and Draymond they already had a set system they knew 
what their four players could do and trying to add um, DeMarcus Cousins game into their scheme just didn't really fit because yeah DeMarcus Cousins can pick and roll but you're telling him now he has to pick and pop and said he'd rather just stay on the block and work people down low and that's not how Steve Kerr's offense works because they're very fast paced let's go 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 and DeMarcus Cousins is very old school he wants to slow it down and let me post up and let's work from there and I I mean let's look at the Lakers now when did DeMarcus Cousins have his all-star season when he was paired with Anthony Davis and so and Rondo and so having both those players back on the Lakers I mean speaks very highly of how much how high his bar can go and how I believe he's gonna have a bounce back year and maybe average I want to say maybe at least 15 to 18 points per game with at least 10 to 12 boards and get back to that 2012 maybe season that he was having two years ago um, I think the injuries did weigh a factor in what happened but it's a minor setback I mean Achilles like he's gonna lose his explosiveness but he was never an explosive player he built his game based on give me the ball on the block and I will dunk it on you or I will then if you start doubling me I'll step out and shoot the J I mean that's how his game is built but I I really can see a big game out of him this year and just the pairing of Anthony Davis and him I the sky's the limit for those two yeah I I like the contract like the, mm-hmm. the three and a half million or whatever like I think that's a it's a bargain for somebody with his skill set um because he can do a lot more than just like your your typical like big man and he has that potential i personally just am not very high on demarcus cousins at all i don't know how it's going to work with with anthony davis and lebron um like i guess like he's a big body to set screens he's a good passer but like i feel like all of his stats while he was in sacramento like I just feel like he's not one of those players that wins you games. I feel like it's mostly just like empty stats is the best way to put it. Like the uh, the Kings were never like I don't know. I know this isn't a testament to like their supporting cast. Like, but he'd be putting up like twenty five and twenty, and they would still lose by fifteen to twenty points. Like, and then like uh, like a a guy with his skill set like backing up like post game is like almost like irrelevant in the NBA nowadays. Like, like if you can't shoot the three ball, uh, like. His conditioning, he's not going to get back on defense. Like, he's never been in the best shape. He's never, like, really hustled or, like, tried hard on defense ever. Um, and so, like, I like the signing in terms of, like, hey, it's, a, like, a, a low-risk, high-upside play. Um, like, because if it all does pan out, like, with all the things that you said, like, like, it could end up being really well. Like, I just, like, you throw, like, DeMarcus Cousins and his, uh, his personality as well into the locker room and, you already have LeBron and everything that comes with LeBron and you have LA and now you have Anthony Davis and then like R- Rondo too. Like, it's just like, it's just, it's a lot. I am just like personally like not that high on like DeMarcus cousins, but like, I, I don't, I don't hate the move. I guess is the best way to put it. I mean, I think, so I think the NBA, the way the NBA has changed so much is that 10 years ago, this is in, this is a death lineup. This is, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Who who in the world could possibly beat them? And everyone in the NBA is changing to be able to play their style. Um, this reminds me of when the Thunder went to the playoffs the very first season that they went to the playoffs in Oklahoma City, and they ran into the Lakers, 
And they went, oh, man, you know what? We do need the guy to beat Pau Gasol and, you know, whoever else. We're going to put more value into Serge Ibaka and Kendrick Perkins than we are into James Harden because we can see that this is how we need to play. When, in essence, the Lake, I mean, the Warriors really changed all of that, yeah. you know. Yeah. But the other thing is that, okay, let's say you have, let's say Rondo is the starting point guard, but he doesn't really necessarily play starting point guard minutes. Instead, it's a mixture of Caruso, him, and um, what, Ian Clark, right? And so, right, am I right? Is Ian Clark? Caruso. Well, uh, Caruso. Quinn Cook. Cook. My bad, my bad. I get, I guess, so Quinn Cook, <laughs> Caruso, and Rondo, they all play like point guardish minutes. But then you've got, you know, I don't know, Contavious Caldwell Poe, probably Danny Green, I would assume, at the two, right? And then you've got LeBron, and then really Anthony Davis, or Demarcus, and then probably Demarcus Cousins, like center mm-hmm. starting. I just, all of those guys in a crunch time playoffs lineup, because that's, at the end of the day, that's what you'd be looking for. It's like, they're not necessarily all going to play together through the regular season. They'll probably have games off here and there. LeBron's getting older. He's getting close to like 60,000 minutes playing all time. He's going to have to take a couple more games off than he yeah. has in the past. We saw that this year, too. Anthony Davis never plays a whole 82 anymore. And there's no way Boogie's playing 82 this year at all. I mean, we can just, I can just lock that one in. I'd be willing to bet a million dollars on that. So those guys in the regular season will be different. But in the postseason, like those three guys on the court, either they're going to be. Oh my gosh, how in the world could anyone beat them? Or, oh, well, this is, you know, oh, we just need to have shooters on the on the perimeter because Anthony Davis isn't going to be able to go guard, I don't know, um, Draymond Green, that Draymond Green can shoot a three, you know, or or whatever it is. I mean, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there, but, you know, I mean, who who's necessarily going to guard Chris Paul on this team? Like, Rondo and then Caruso and then... You know, like, like I'm, I'm trying to say, like, who who on their team is going to guard some of these small ball lineups when it comes down to it at the end of the year and Western Conference Finals, right? Like, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, yeah, like, you know, LeBron and AD probably for sure. That's, that's not that bad. But if Paul George catches threes, like, then I don't know if AD is able to really cover him the whole time. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I think, so one thing I would love to see, uh, and I don't know. I think the Sixers are kind of going to have to go through this approach too. Um, and what I'd love to see that kind of neutralizes the small ball is like you just go big, right? Like Sixers are huge. I know. Now. Yeah. I feel, well, I just feel like I don't know if I've just been living under a rock or haven't really seen it, but I, I feel like I, not too many teams have just like when just because of the analytics movement and like the value of the three and when to shoot more three, that when these teams go really small, like you, like it's, you pound the paint like the Sixers they'll have Horford and Embiid so like hypothetically when the Warriors death lineup would be out like like sure like you have a little bit of a uh like match matching up defensively is probably tough but like or just like chasing them around but also like they're not going to be able to guard you in the paint and like you should right. kill them on the boards um, right and so I think like that would be something like I, I don't know it like it's it's gonna be tough, and, and like that's the thing too is when it comes down to the playoffs, it's all about like matchups, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like the lake, I, I guarantee like no team is gonna want to like go guard the Lakers, <laughs> like cause, yeah, like you have LeBron, you have Anthony Davis, you have like Boogie, like you have all these players, and it and it's like the same with uh like the Sixers. I don't know, I'm really excited. I would love to hear so with all of the moves, I would love to hear you guys. Like, I guess 
I don't know how, how to word this, but like, what are you guys expecting from this year in terms of like standings in the West? Like, where do you think? Like, like do the Thunder miss the playoffs? Like, is that is that a thing, or like, what seed do you see the Clippers as? Just my last thing on the Lakers before we move on. I'm just gonna throw this out there. Um, last year's experiment of playmakers failed. We we know that was a recipe for disaster because you know LeBron is all about shooters. So if you look at their team that they built so far, 13 players in all, it's a much more balanced team. You have a guy in Boogie or AD that will always be on the court. Whether AD comes off or whether Boogie comes off the bench, if they both start, then you have Kuz coming off the bench. With JaVale, I mean, you never had, you had Tyson Chandler last year, or you had an often injured Zubak coming off, and then now you have veterans, established veterans, and Jared Dudley, these locker room presence guys that will take all the heat. I mean, we talked about everyone's egos. You forget about these established veterans that um, are on the team that they've signed. Danny Green, championship experience. Troy Daniels, veteran experience in a big-time shooter. I mean, everyone on their team knows how to play. It's It's gone from a young team to a... Not a, I wouldn't say old team, but an experienced team. But yeah, moving on to standings wise, um, one through eight. I mean, it's going to be a fight for the one. I mean, you've had a five team race. I think it's the five headed monster between the Utah Jazz, the Denver Nuggets, the Portland Trailblazers. Now add the L.A. Clippers and the L.A. Lakers. I think smack dab. Those are the five teams in the West that are fighting for that number one spot. You're not, you're not counting the Rockets? I, I've i never been high on the Rockets. I know you've um, I know you've always had personal ties to them that are well-documented. They made the for Western Conference Finals last two years ago. They fought against the Warriors like, pretty tightly. They just, their system of surround James Harden with shooters and have one big, I, I think, Last year it was exposed with the Warriors catching on. I mean, they took the Warriors to seven games two two years ago, uh, but last year, I mean, they, I mean, they were a good team. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think they could be fighting for a number two or a number three. But if I'm throwing those five teams out there, I'm saying those five teams all have a chance for the number one seed. So if you're watching the Toronto Raptors, Golden State. G League game, or I'm sorry, Summer League game right now, just in case you are, where number 20 for the Warriors just passed the ball in between his legs back to the Raptors so he didn't have a backcourt violation and spectacularly had a horrible pass right to the Raptors, and that's why Matt and I were both struggling. But um, so when it comes down to like the top seeds, if if I'm so so one, and I'll get to this in a second, it's like who who's who's now repl- like who who's now replaced like the thunder were the 60 last year right but the other thing is and i want to touch on this real quick is that i think the smartest thing for the lakers is to not go for the number one seed to rest their guys to understand that their depth is not as great as other teams and that at the end of the day we've seen this like lebron teams do not need the number one overall seed to win one at all <laughs> <Yeah>, like <LeBron. laughs> they they don't like they just really don't and LeBron James, like I just said, is getting older, and Anthony Davis is, isn't the healthiest guy in the entire league. I mean, knock on wood, I want to see all these guys play good. I don't like seeing injuries. No one does, but like I w- I'd rather the NBA be injury-free, of course, to see everyone at their best basketball level, and then the Raptors 
you know, fans can yell it from the mountaintops. We won the finals this year instead of them kind of, you know, saying to each other right now because there are two major injuries to the, you know, best player and the third best player on the Warriors team last year. So my um, my, my thing with, with the rest of it is, is that I would say that I think the Nuggets are number one seed in the West this year. I, I just, they, they were so close to it last year. And they, they were number two overall seed in the West last year, and they didn't lose anybody. Yeah, but like I I I, I think do they get some fluky wins? I, th- I think they overperformed. Like it, it's really it, I, I don't know. It's they were running on like it's like a magical stretch. It's almost like when the Rockets had the one seed like uh, two years ago, where like all these things were just kind of falling their way, and and then like towards the end of the year, you kind of saw the real Nuggets, and, and like that's kind of why they. Because they were in the one seed pretty much all year until like the end when the Warriors got. I mean, but. my oh excuse me, but my argument for the Nuggets is look around. Who else did they get better? Did they get worse? Or did they stay the same? They stayed the same, which is good. They got Michael Porter Jr. They who yeah. like was I mean, he, before yeah, the but, injury was like supposed well, to be like the it's top the same talent team. In the that's what I'm trying to imply. Like, yeah. But let's look now. Did the Utah Jazz get better? Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Did the Trailblazers get better? Oh yeah. Did the Lakers get and Clippers well, get I mean, better? They got Hassan Whiteside. I'm not sure how I am. But I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean. But um, that's what how how I view it. The Nuggets. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. They're a good team, but they didn't take the extra step to get their team better. Their team was already good. Don't get me wrong. But I'm looking at did they improve their team? That how other teams like the Utah Jazz. They were right in it, and they got immense improvement in their team i mean i think they've had the best offseason i mean besides the clippers so far like it's 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 gonna be a battle for sure i think for the number one seed but just the way i view it like i'm looking at teams that took that step to get to where they want to be and i think the nuggets just plateaued not saying that's how they're gonna perform this year but just by an offseason view it's Mm. it's been a very quiet offseason which is good or bad well, let's say this. There's four teams that I go in my head right now, without a doubt, no matter what, are in the Western Conference playoffs next year. And they are the Jazz, Blazers. Actually, it might be five. Jazz, Blazers, um, Clippers, Lakers. Those are the four right there automatically, no matter what. Nuggets is five, right? So then, the, so there's three other spots. Those were taken this year by... The, well, so one, the Lakers didn't make the playoffs last year, so that's the difference. But there's there's four other spots that are up for grabs, I would say, or three other spots that are up for grabs this year in the Western Conference. And that is the Warriors, I don't, don't count automatic anymore. The Thunder, not automatic. And the Spurs, not automatic. Like the Spurs didn't didn't, didn't get better, didn't get worse. Yeah, but they they re-signed Rudy Gay. So that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. Spurs, I'm going to say by default, they somehow make the playoffs every single year. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so I'm, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna take away that spot. Okay. Well, let's take into account that Lamarcus Aldridge got older, and yeah. Demar Derozan isn't. I, he's still a good player, but he can he lead a team. I just, That's, I, I just think you're discounting the fact that they have Popovich, and he will out coach them to 48 wins. And so I am just, forgetting yeah. that yeah. they're getting Dejounte Murray, who's yeah, a big addition true. to their team. That's true. Right? So, so here's the thing, though. So we've got. Of the eight teams last year that made the playoffs, the three teams that I think eh, aren't aren't going to come back or are not a lock, and this is weird to say because they literally have won it, won the finals back to back years, and then this year went to the finals. Are the so the three teams are Warriors injuries issues and Steph Curry and only having Steph Curry, 
um, Thunder, and as I look at this, the Spurs. Those are the three teams. Mm-hmm. One of those three teams is going to be replaced by the Lakers. Easy. So there's two teams. Are the Thunder going to make the playoffs next year? The Spurs, okay? But then look at that, and we got to look at the rest of the standings. So James going to ask you point blank here. Yes or no, do the Mavs make the playoffs next year? No, they don't make the playoffs. Okay. The, the West is too stacked. I think they'll be like right around. Like they'll compete for that eight seed. Uh, I, I, I like what they're doing. Like they got some unique talent. I'm not sure what level Porzingis comes back at, uh, but like he, it, he's a unicorn. Like he can do like some crazy things as well as Doncic. Uh, I don't think they make the playoffs, but it's like I don't know. They're like a few. Like say hypothetically like i think the warriors make the playoffs because like d'angelo russell like now they have like he's essentially just filling in for clay for okay. like, they'll lead that'll lead, they'll outscore teams essentially like in the regular season um uh, and so they'll make the playoffs but like hypothetically so then, that's one team that's that's I, one I'll, team i'll that, be the devil's advocate here who's who's defending their best player huh? who's defending the opponent's team best player they had don't have clay anymore yeah, I know they won't have Draymond's until guarding March. the big. Uh, I look, look. There's so many like three and D guys out there um, that they'll sign. Like they'll just you just kind of plug and play. Look, I I agree that they got significantly. Steph worse. doesn't play any D. Like, D'Lo doesn't play any D. They're they're struggling on that backcourt. Yeah, but at the same time, like they, those guys will just outscore you. Like that's kind of how I feel, and so that's why I think they'll. That's why I think they'll make the playoffs. Uh, it, like they'll kind of cruise through the, the regular season, but I think it'll be like yeah. a six through eight seed. Like I don't see them being like the top okay. top five at all. Um, and then it's like I kind of hit, hitting on the Rockets. Like I don't think they're in competition for the top seed. Like I just don't think like they're they're gonna rest. Chris Paul's gonna miss games. He's due to miss fifteen to twenty with a hamstring injury every year. Um, however, like they're a lot. Any team with Harden is essentially like a lock for the playoffs. Um, and then, but I don't know. That's just kind of. I feel like the West play, the West playoff race is going to be a lot of fun, uh, and, and like there's so many teams competing, but I just don't think the Mavs have enough depth. They're like, I, like they're just not there yet. They're on the right track, but they're just not there yet. I'm I'm going to say this. I I feel as though if the Mavs had gotten Danny Green instead of the Lakers, they would have made the playoffs this year. I yeah, feel like I they are so. one quality would, shooter yeah. away. Is what I'm saying. That's what that yeah that one knockdown Danny shooter Green going to the Lakers. Like I think honestly, it was probably like a, it was a huge blow to their chances. Uh, so here's one other thought. That I'm going to say this because we're on the Thunder. What are they going to do? What are they not going to do? I'm saying the Thunder do not currently make the playoffs as constructed right now, and one of these three teams takes their spot because this because we basically narrowed it down. There's only one spot in the Western Conference next year that's up for grabs completely. Which we don't know for sure, and that's the Thunder spot. So I'm going to say a collection of the Timberwolves put it together. I don't think that's likely at all, but who knows? Um, the Kings, who knows? Yeah, they were in it for like the, they were they yeah like, they they still only finished five games under 500 last year. So they yeah they were not close, but they were still like I think nine games out of the eight seed. Yeah. But and I think at the All Star break they were like. Right there. Um, Who knows? Another year of experience. Yeah, they did. Know. They did sign some other guys, and they got maybe a Riza off the bench, mm-hmm. and some of the other guys get better. I don't know. Don't um, be. Uh, don't be scared by having Luke Walton as a coach now. I mean, he didn't work out for the Lakers, but Luke Walton can coach a team that can run and gun. And who likes to run and gun more than De'Aaron Fox? And I also remember watching so many Harry Giles highlights in high school and college, <laughs> and just being like. Oh my God! This guy's gonna destroy the league, and then he destroyed his knees, and 
Now he's on the Kings. So, anyways, who knows? Maybe he has a flash of brilliance for a couple games and it helps him. Um, plus, they have Betty Hield's Buddy Healed, excuse me. So, shout out to the University of Oklahoma, U of O. Anyways, um, so that one spot is either, in my mind, Pelicans, Mavs, Kings, or Timberwolves. And the really the only the only one that I go is I go, I think the Pelicans, Mavs, and Thunder are fine for that spot. And, and that's as the Thunder currently constructed today because Danilo Gallinari and Westbrook and some other guys. There's some other guys. They'll they'll, they'll win. Like Russ doesn't take a night off ever. We've seen that. So he might. They might tell him next year too because Shea Gilgeous Alexander can definitely play point guard, but. Russ doesn't take off games, and the Thunder have no incentive. I mean, they have an incentive to, like, lose next year and just tank out, but not with Russ and the contract he's on and everything like that. So, in my mind, I think it'll be, unfortunately, I think it'll be the Pelicans or Mavs just because I love the Thunder so much, and that's, like, my ride-or-die team. But I just, it's just so hard for me to see them going. This round. The, them basically, last year, the 8th seed in the West won 48 games. And if you have to tell me the Thunder are going to win close to 50 games next year, I'm be like, no, nah, not a chance. Yeah, um, I, yeah I, I agree. I just think the West is too difficult night in and night out. And, like, it's just loaded. <laughs> like, it's going to be a nightmare for for some of these teams, like, yeah. especially for the, the Rockets. Like, if Chris Paul goes down and misses time, like, mm-hmm. you're going to need Harden to play <laughs> like he did last year, which is like, just nuts like averaging 37 a game and so like i don't know all these teams are hypothetically like you never want to see it but like an injury away from another spot opening mm-hmm. up um and so yeah. like uh i don't know I, I don't see the thunder there but i don't know who knows the nba is a it's, it's a long season you never know so last thing i'm going to leave on and we'll, we'll end it out with this is don't be surprised if Danilo gallinari ends up on the mavericks roster before the season starts because of one major thing, the Thunder, if they end up trading Russ, have no incentive to keep Gallinari on the roster. They could get on the tax bill by doing that. And the Mavs have literally $6,000, 60000 or no, six, excuse me, I say it's wrong here sometimes, $600,000 more in cap space open on the roster than Gallinari's contract is worth. So if he's, if I mean, if the Thunder go... Yep, you take him. We'll take your first. I don't know if the Mavs even have the Mavs have given their Knicks their two first rounders, so I don't know what the Thunder could get. But yeah, we'll take one. That's it. That's what I'm going to leave it out. Um, Matt, James, thanks so much for joining me on the latest episode of at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram. It's been great. And uh, shout out to NBA Summer League 2019.